sofas, recliners, love seats. Everything is better in leather. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley, where bold meets durable. And wait a minute. Who's been finger painting on the couch again? That's okay. Leather is easy to clean. The new leather collection at Ashley is built with the durability you need for the whole family. Yes, pets too. Luxury is meant to be livable. Shop chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Ruined. My name is Hallie. My name is Allison. And we are just here. Back here. on top of the We're game. <laughs> ruining horror movies <gasps> just for you, like we've done yes. all year. All year. And we'll keep doing. Until. No matter what. <laughs> they legally force us to stop. <laughs> Who's they? That's what I wonder. That's yeah. my conspiracy theory. What's their problem? As always, thank you for sending in recommendations. Um, and questions. Thank you for sending us questions of like dumb things to uh, talk about. Not dumb. Your questions are great, but we're dummies. We're so, dumb. Uh, but we love. Come we on. Love, we love you. <laughs> um, we have a question. Oh, here we go. This is a question just for Allison. So, Allison, put on your thinking great. cap. Her thinking cap is, of oh, course, no. made of human skin and it's covered in eyeballs. Yeah, of course. As all, as all thinking caps are. And it, uh, this question is from. Uh, what, uh, from Shauna on Twitter, thank you so much for. We don't want to say your actual handle again. We just don't know. We don't know what the internet is or how again, social media is, works. This is a horror movie podcast. It is also a constant fear of identity theft podcast. So we right. are here for protection. Um, so Shauna, thank you so much for tweeting at Ruined. Um, so her question is, Allison, do you ever feel less scared after hearing about the movie and then go back and watch it? Great question. Thank you, Shauna. A great question. I think like. The movies we do have, like, two— it's, like, a two-pronged effect. Like, either I am way more terrified uh, after hearing Hallie talk about it and giving me all those details in a way where I'm, like, even less likely to see it. Um, Like, I think The Ring and The Babadook fall into that, but also, you know, What Keeps You Alive, Mm -hmm. I think, is definitely in that camp. Like, these are scary. And I would say that there's, like, a handful of movies that now that I know, I'm, like— Oh, I could watch that, I think. I haven't gone back and actually watched any of the movies that we've covered, but I feel like I maybe should uh, for some kind of fun bonus or special episode where then we chat about some, I don't know, it could be fun. Um, yeah. I would have to watch it during the day. Right, yeah, you'd have to wake up <laughs> as soon time. as you get up. Yeah, do, do you feel yeah. incl- more inclined to watch it or you feel like I've gotten everything I need, I feel satisfied? I feel like I've got, you are you are so good and so <laughs> thorough. Uh at explaining all of the uh, ins and outs and and blood and gore of all of these films. You're right, I, I just, am good. You are good. Hallie is good uh, at you. this this thing that we made up. <laughs> um, I haven't watched anything that I hadn't seen before that we've done for the podcast yet. But I think there are some I could do. Yeah, I definitely the, think— Ready or Not, mm-hmm. The Boy, um, like Reanimator, I think seems fun. Yeah, like Jennifer's you know, body. I, I mean, you could definitely Jennifer's do that body one for sure. But yeah, I mean, I guess that comes down to is like there's always going to be that moment where you have to decide: Am I going to put out a scary movie? And I feel like for you, that moment is the part where your brain's like, 
I no. I want to no. watch something else. I'm not. I want to watch something I'm where not. someone does not get murdered or a doll does not yes. uh, haunt a house. Yeah, you come know. to life and strangle children or whatever the hell happens in some of these films. There's just so much, <laughs> so much content out there. You know, there is a lot. There's a lot to watch. So, uh, but I love that question. Thank you so much, Shauna, and uh, also thank you to several people recommended today's movie. Uh, Alyssa L and Jake on Instagram and Cryptic Fish on Twitter. Thank you for recommending today's uh, very scary sounding movie, which is Sinister. Sinister. Um, another movie I believe I saw twice in the theaters. I don't know. Wow. Back when we were going. I mean, I'm going. Well, I just saw, oh, yeah, I saw right. my first movie for the second time in theaters. I just saw Fast 9 again. Having already seen it in theaters, I went back oh, wow. again uh, over the holiday weekend. Wow. I love it. You get a lot more. I loved F9 more than I did the first time. I mean, I think a second viewing, especially a second theatrical viewing, can provide you know, a multifaceted. Okay, so also, if you can hear uh, terrifying background <laughs> sounds while we're recording, uh, I am not being haunted or uh, no one's trying to murder me except for the construction next to my apartment, which is its own horror movie because it starts at <laughs> 7 a.m. every day. They are digging a big hole so that they can have a bunch of people in beautiful condos live on my corner. So it, we're trying our best, but we also want to record this episode, so bear with us, and hopefully it won't be too intrusive, as it has been ruining my life. There is something really scary about what you just said, like, do you have, like, someone just digging a big hole? Yeah. It's like, I don't know why they're doing it, but it's it's really big. They're going to put something in that hole, and I don't know what it is. My last apartment looked, like, across the street they were— um, God, this is so loud. Uh, across the street they were condemning a building and then putting up a new condo, which they're still in process of, and— uh, I was there. The I was at home looking outside the day that they demolished the building, and it just like all came down at once. And then it was just this like big pit for like weeks. And I was like, I don't want to live here anymore. Terrifying. <laughs> well, we're gonna get started. Uh, and just it'll be ambiance. It'll be terrifying yes. sounds. Which actually, the movie um, that we're doing this week does have a very cool soundtrack. I feel like there's a lot of like Ooh. they use the music in a really effective way. There's a lot of like mumbly music, like whispers that kind Ooh. of really helps set the atmosphere. And the movie, of course, we're doing is 2012's Sinister, and it is what you know a B horror movie that is elevated by its um, cast. We've got Ethan Hawke, we've got Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, Fred Thompson playing a sheriff, as he's always wanted to do. Juliet Rylance. Mm-hmm. And uh, interestingly, because I was looking at uh, Wikipedia, it was inspired by a nightmare that uh, co-screenwriter uh, C. Robert Cargill had after he watched The Ring. So he watches The Ring, and like oh. Allison, had a dream that was terrifying enough. He's like, I'm going to write this movie, and uh, Ethan Hawke is wow. going to be in it. So I hope my reactions to these movies become as lucrative as that could be. I mean, I definitely, I'm definitely writing down all your scared faces. Yeah. Okay. Great. Spooky great. scared. Um, we always like to have Allison take have a reaction to the trailer, usually negative. Allison, how did you feel about the Sinister trailer w- when you watched it? I would say that this is in the top five scariest trailers. Fascinating. That we've seen. Okay. Great. That little that little demon popping once that shows hmm. up. I mean, I was not happy. I, at first, I was like, ooh, like, murdered families mm-hmm. were moving into a house that people were murdered in. And then I'm like, okay, who's this little freak? I don't want him anywhere near me. He's a little ghouly guy, and he's got a lot of bad ideas. And I feel like often those, like, little ghouly guys um, can be less scary yes. than they're intended to be. And this, at least in the trailer, 
does not seem like that's the case. This is scarier than I think I was prepared for. Yeah. I had to keep looking away from my computer, kind of like <laughs> when you put broccoli in front of a dog's mouth. I'm just like, no, no, no. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I was just tweeting last week that, like, um, you know, you, we don't hear about ghouls that often. I feel like the fact that ghouls we even a word, we, we had a lot more dealings with ghouls throughout human history. And I feel like the same way, like, you could even have a ghoul, it's kind of like the leprechaun where he's, like, having a good time. Or right. you have a ghoul where you just see it out of the corner of your eye, you're like, I don't know what that is, but I hate him, and I need him to get out of my house. What is the difference between a ghoul and a ghost? I want to say that a ghoul is corporeal. Like, a ghost is sort of okay. ether or yeah. vapor or, like, Transient, in my mind, a yeah. ghost can't hurt you. That It could be wrong. But in my mind, a okay. ghoul is a creature okay. that could, like, pick up a, a hammer. You know what I mean? Again, I, that's based solely on my <laughs> gut reaction to the word. <laughs> that is absolutely how to define a ghoul. Right, like if I open We should have a dictionary, a, di- a ruined dictionary of horror. <laughs> and uh, ghoul, it can pick up a hammer. Right, ghoul can gain control of your car if somehow it's in the back seat. You know what I mean? Like if I open a closet yeah. and I see a ghost, I'm going to be startled. If I open a closet and there's yes. a ghoul, I'm going to be like, I'm going to have to fight this ghoul. Yeah, you're going to have to fight a ghoul. And well, that's kind of what the movie's about. And let me tell you, it's hard to do. It's hard to fight a ghoul. Um, we also like to take a baseline scary for the movie before we begin. And Allison, how scary do you find the concept of your desperate need for fame? Oh, no. <laughs> Very. <laughs> Specifically because of, like, what we do for yes. a living, which like does require, like, a level of fame so that it becomes lucrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have given up way too much else in the pursuit of that uh, to not continue down this path, even if uh, there are cautionary tales in this film. And, and, that, and that's what the film says. Like, what danger are you willing to yourself, put yourself, and in this case, your family in, to yeah. get back on top? Having tasted that sweet, delicious brass ring, how, what would you do? What danger would you, I mean, would you enter into? I should have known that that would be an element of this when Ethan Hawke says, I'm going to write the best book that anyone's ever read. And nobody's done it yet, so why did he think he'd be able to do it? Right. He, him? You're going to write the no. best book? Just All right, man? good luck. Tell that to the ghoul in your house. Okay. All right, and yeah. then finally, we like to have Allison guess the twist. What do you think the twist will be in Sinister, and do you think there will be a twist? Guess the twist. I do think there will be one. Mm-hmm. I feel like the reveal of the ghoul is a twist in itself, at least from the way the trailer is paced. Like, that's something that we don't know at the outset. But I think, like, how the ghoul got there, like, maybe he was summoned. Okay, great. Um, I'm going to say, but you know, the, the ghoul was summoned. The twist happens at the very end, I would say. Ooh. I mean, there's some reveals. Like, okay. I agree, like, the ghouls entered, you find out of him a little later in the film, knowing yeah. that it happens at the end. What do okay? Because I was like, hey, we've done enough that I feel like you could start okay. making okay. a little more educated guess. What does that? Yes. No, I think it's time. Suggest okay. to you it being at the very end. Yeah, I'm gonna say that Ethan Hawke is somehow like responsible for the ghoul. Great, love it. Like he, like it was something that he did in the past mm-hmm. that like got them to this place. See, again, I feel like I'm teaching you. You were learning. This is an educated. Yes, this, no, this is an educated guess. You know. Yeah, this is, I'm really, it's not just me being like, basements? <laughs> is it basements? Which you were right. There were some basements in um, there were the Cabin basements. in the Woods. So that was a fair yes. guess. Not your best. But um, all right, so let us begin. We're going to ruin 2012's Sinister. We open on the scariest image in the movie. And it is a <laughs> Super oh, 8. Damn it. I know, exactly. Well, when, when you're in a the theater, I was like, oh boy. So it's a Super 8, I, like, um, 
home movie that somebody is recording, so it doesn't have sound. Okay. And we are watching, it's kind of grainy a little bit, uh, two parents, mother and father, and two children are standing under a tree, and each one has a long noose over their necks with a bag okay. over their heads. Suddenly, we see a no. big, long gardening tool sawing through this huge tree limb, and when the limb falls, it the weight of the branch falling pulls yes. all of them off the ground, struggling <gasps> as this family is slowly strangled to death. Strangled. Horrifying. Oh In the present... True crime author Ellison and his wife Tracy are moving their family, and they have two kids, son Trevor, who's 12, and daughter Ashley, I'm going to say eight. Again, bad with kids' ages. They're moving into like a 70-style like a ranch house, but it's very cute. It's like clearly well-maintained. Um, he's taking all the boxes out, and Ashley is mad they've moved. They're always moving. She's complaining. But one thing that one concession her parents have given her is she's allowed to paint on the walls of her bedroom. So she's kind of blowing off on packing and she's already painting, you know. And sure. Ellison tells her, I'm sorry we had to move. You know, my new story is here. So the new book he's writing is here. Okay. And he tells her, Well, you know, I, what was I gonna do? Write college textbooks, you know, you know what I mean, to keep keep our old house. Well, in retrospect, that's what you should have right. done. But um, yeah, we mean, all live with absolutely. a level of hubris. Um and he tells her, once I sell my new book, if we still don't like it here, we can move back to the old house. Which you shouldn't tell a child, because then she's going to get her hopes up. And she's right, like, she's oh, going to okay. be like, all right, cool. So I just have to wait out this book. Exactly. Like, okay, year, home. nine months, how long? I'm a child. I don't know how long it takes to write a book. I don't even know I'm an adult. I don't right. know how long. No, um, I know. And so he tells her, one rule is you can paint any bedroom walls, but you cannot paint anywhere else in the house. And for a second, she's kind of like mollified, you know. Um, just then, a sheriff rolls up on uh, the family unpacking, and there's, like, two deputies waiting at the end of Ellison's driveway. And one of them has a copy of a book that says Kentucky Blood. And I think we're supposed to think, like, Ellison is, like, a fairly well-known true crime writer. He's not, like, okay. you know, the top of the pops or whatever. But he is someone that if you saw his name you'd be like, and you read true crime, you'd be like, oh, my God, he just moved into our town. I'm definitely yes. going to ask for okay. his autograph. Um, the sheriff kind of shoos away the See, deputies. I would be worried of why he's living in town. Well, they already know why, Allison. They know why okay. he's here. Okay, they know why. Mm-hmm. Got it. And so the sheriff kind of shoos away these little starfucker deputies, and he goes to talk with Allison, and he said, okay, so just so you know, I don't like your books. They make small-town cops look inept or corrupt, which they sometimes are, you know what I mean, in Allison's defense. And he yeah. basically said, you know, you fucked up one of your, not the most recent one, but the one before, he had a book called Cold Denver Morning. And he's like, you fucked up by publishing that and a killer went free. So Ellison apparently made oh. some huge gaffe, essentially included the wrong narrative and pinpointed the wrong okay. killer. And so this sheriff's like, I think what you do is trash. I think I don't want you showing up here, especially because you're moving into a house where it happened. And what okay. happened, we don't know quite yet, but we do know part of it is a little girl has gone missing. Um, we later find out this happened like oh. a, a little over a year ago. So a year ago, something happened in the house that Ellison is moving his family into, and part of it is a little girl went missing and has never been found. And Ellison okay. says— I have to ask a question. Go ahead. That is probably a very stupid Not question. Not at all. None of this is based on anything real, right? No, I think maybe like loosely, okay. you know, like some of like sure. the murders maybe, but the no. The concept of a crime, yeah. Okay, No. great. As far as That's I can helpful. tell, that yeah, this is all fic- from the mind of the writer. 
Um, yes. And Ellison says, well, that's the thing is you never solved what happened to this house and you never found that little girl. That's why I'm here. Not only am I going to write a book about what happened, I'm going to actually find it. So now he and the, the sheriff are at loggerheads. And the sheriff says, Something like this. You can never explain something like this. And if you were able to, the odds are you wouldn't much care for the answer. Which is just not what you want to hear from law enforcement. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you want to hear, no, like, we're still ever, working on ever. it. Ever. Not like, right, we're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to find her. We're going to find who did it. Right, rather than, like, that's, your, not that's like, not well, our business, you know? Yeah. Um, and the sheriff, either way, the sheriff says, I find you moving into the house ex- in extremely bad taste, especially because you have children. And he's not wrong about that. It is ghoulish. I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah. It's, however, when Tracy, when when Ellis, Ellison goes back to unpack his wife, says to him, like, what did the sheriff want? And Ellison says, oh, he just wanted an autograph. That's when we realize his oh. wife does not know that they are moving into <gasps> the murder house. Okay. That is— Yes. Grounds for divorce, I would say. A hundred percent. And that, of course, will come to, come to a head later on in the movie. Okay, oh, believe me. If, good, good, if good. Dave, boyfriend of the pod, moved us into a murder house, didn't bring it up, and I didn't tell there. you. And then we have kids. No. Now, to be fair, I no. would have Googled an address before I moved in. That's just me. Absolutely. That probably would have pulled up a couple of news stories, but that's not on her. That's just, it's neither here nor there. Right. Right. And she says to him, Allison, we didn't move in a few houses down from a crime scene again, did we? So this has happened before. He's like, not technically. That's what he says. He tells her no, no, which later he then brings up as technically accurate. Again, that's, what a piece of shit. And that's what I think is like, you have to get on board with in this movie is like, you from the get, he is making bad decisions because he has bad motivations. And in that way, it's more like um, Rosemary's Baby. Not that she had bad motivations, but like, you know what he's doing is dumb. Right. You know that he's putting his family at risk. But he is willing to sort of forgive himself of all of these things and put them further and further into danger in the pursuit of what he had 10 years ago, which is like, he's on every talk show. He is on the New York Times bestseller list. Like, he is, he is making money, too. Yes. And he was famous. And that's, he's willing to lie to his wife. We're, again, we're 10 minutes in. He is bold-faced, being like, Jeez. no, we didn't move in. Already to, lying to your wife. Yeah. We didn't move down two houses down, which again, technically that's fair. When they go inside, he's looking at the sliding glass door of the patio, and we see the tree from the home video at the beginning. And the mm. cutoff limb is still resting on the ground. So, like, nobody's been in here. Nobody has since... Uh, uh, this family has been murdered. And that's when we realize. And when was that? This is, so it's only a year before. Okay. So it's not like it's like, oh, it's 20 years. This just happened. The last right. residence of this, this house just happened a year. was this Ugh. family. So four people, which we saw in the home video. No way, bro. Four people, two, <clears throat> two parents and two kids were hung. And their youngest daughter, Stephanie, disappeared. And nobody knows where she is. The sheriff, of course, is like, well, wherever she is, she's dead. So, I mean, the best case scenario, I suppose. Right. So sometimes later, he's taking stuff out up to the attic, and he's sort of like moving some old stuff that's left up there, and he finds a scorpion, and he picks up a box, and he squishes it. And he realizes Ugh. that the box he picked up is filled with f- home videos, again, Super 8 tapes. And one of them okay. is called Family Hanging Out 2011. There's some other ones. One of them is called Barbecue 79. So he takes them down from the attic. And at dinner, we sort of have this tense conversation. We find out they haven't actually sold their last, their old house. So they're financially in a crunch. They're paying two mortgages at once. And now that's a horror movie. We never find out if Tracy has a job or what that job might be. And I wish we had, because that at least would be like, oh, she's a teacher. Yeah, you're not making that money. 
Right. You know what I mean? Right. If she doesn't have a job, that also makes sense. But like they don't explain right. it. And that's like one of the, only one of the things of a movie I'm like, you could have just had a line. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I need to look for a job or whatever. Yeah. So they have tension. And Trevor is like, okay, so what's the murder? And Tracy's like, I don't want to murder talk. I don't want you talking to the kids about your business. And Trevor's like, we moved to a new town. I know what dad does. When I go to school tomorrow, people are going to tell me what the murder was. Like, I'm not stupid. Right. So, like, this is your chance to get in front of what I'm going to hear anyway. Exactly. And uh, Ellison, again, he's like, he knows his family will find out. He's basically like, it's better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. He knows his kids are going to find out and the kids at school are going to be weird about it. He just is like willing to risk that. He's willing to risk his family, essentially. Right. And so... Tracy warns Ellison, like, you better always keep your office locked. I do not want you talking to the kids about any of this, and I do not want to know what the murder is. But to be fair, she's saying that because she's, like, trying to create boundaries. She She's not saying, don't tell me if we're living in a murder house. She she already, he kind of already lied to her about that. She's saying, I if we're doing what you're doing, which is I married a true crime writer and you're writing about murder, we have to create boundaries around what our children are exposed to. Yes, and I think that's very fair. Yeah, but again, you got to know who you married at a certain point. It is hard. Right. The kids are old, like, getting a little bit older. It's like, you can't just leave, you know. You got to try to work things out. And let me tell you, Tracy is in it to win it. Tracy is a down okay. bitch, and she's trying to keep this marriage afloat, even though Ellison has yeah. other priorities. Um, that night, Tracy's going to bed, and uh, Ellison's like, I'm going to stay up and sit in my office, and I'll, I'm going to start work on the book. And Tracy says, you know, Kentucky blood was 10 years ago. What if that was your 15 minutes? Like, you can't chase this forever. And Ooh, Nelson's like, right. no, it's going to be great. And she said, okay, well, just so you know, if everything starts to go south like it did last time, I'm going to take the kids and I'm going to my sister's, which remind me of that SNL character, the boxer's girlfriend, Angel. Um, where her, Oh, yes, like, yes, 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 if yes. You're, if you're going to fight, I'm going to my sister's. Yes. Um, and <laughs> so, so she's basically like, if you don't have a successful true crime book, book, I'm going to my sister's with the kids. Yeah. So even more pressure on top of him. So he's looking through the um, box of home videos and he's like, is this connected to the murder? Do they leave this here? Did the cops not see this? Like, where did this come from? He then puts on a home video. It's the um, video of the family hanging out that we saw at the beginning of the film. So okay. somebody shot this footage and left it in the house. And we also see um, that there's no Stephanie. We don't know where Stephanie is. Where is she in, um, they're filming this. In this film. And then I noted, just as importantly, why the fuck would he not just call the cops immediately? Instead, right. he pours himself like, a drink. clearly they don't have this. Yeah. Ugh, he pours himself God. a drink, he watches the video again. And he writes down a very important question, which is, who is filming this? It's not the family. So it's not like grandma and grandpa are there. Somebody is filming them having this like bucolic, um, you know, afternoon in the backyard, then cutting to them all hanging. Um, and he, so here's already my thing. is like if somebody murdered this family, took the daughter, and has never been caught, and then left this video in the house, he's going yes. to come back. Like he left accoutrement. He left evidence. Yes. So you already know you need to get your family. This is night one. You know you have to get your family out of there. Right. I'd be like, all right, we're going to go stay in the hotel. I'm going to drop all this off at the police station, and we're going to try and get out of one of these mortgages. Exactly. That would be We'll we'll, we'll declare bankruptcy. Whatever we need to do to not be murdered by a We'll go back to our old house. Yeah. Nobody sold it yet, so we can just go live there. We'll forfeit this one. Right. There's solutions here. Yes, exactly. You never can't get out of a contract, you know. 
Right. Instead, he goes and he loads up another home video, and it is uh, from 1979, and we see it's called Barbecue, and we see a family of four, uh, sorry, family of four, like, camping, and they're fishing, and then we see them get into a car, and the dad sort of turns around, like, he jerks around, and then next time we see them, we see the parents and one of the kids tied up, covered in gasoline, inside the car in the garage, and there's chains holding the doors together. And then from off camera, a, I don't even know, like a torch or a Molotov cocktail flies in and the car is set on fire. So the, (gasps) at least the parents and one of the children is burned alive. Awful shit. But that also means one of the other kids who we saw previously on the video has also been taken. Is not. Okay. So that seems to be the pattern is the family is killed, but one of the children is taken by whoever is murdering them. And is the thought that these are all happening in this house, or is it just all these tapes are in the house? So all but the not tapes all are in the house, but they're all different okay. locations. Okay, okay, right. Okay. So it doesn't seem to be so in the house. it's not a house. Wait, spot. that's what I said. I'm like, if this happens in the house, well, I think the realtor should have to tell you. Like, by the way, the garage is new because somebody burned up a family in there. Yeah, somebody, yeah, right. It also, like, you'll have to do some work in the agriculture in the backyard because, you know, you got a bad tree back there. Right, yeah. I, so it's all different areas. So as of right now, the, we know the only—there's only one family that's been murdered in this house. Only one else. Okay. That's, that's it? So I mean, it's like— I know. Barely—that's barely anything. I mean, one is one up from zero. You know what I mean? So it's almost like right. zero families got murdered in this house. Right. It's almost like zero families. It's still one family. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I want to be clear. So <laughs> because he's not a total maniac, Ellison finally picks up the phone to call the cops and tells him, like, this is an okay. emergency. However, while he's waiting for the operator to put him through, he sees his bookshelf, which just has, like, copies of Kentucky blood that he clearly has on okay. hand to sign and give out. And he sees the career that he had and he could have a get, and he hangs up. <gasps> and maybe I'm this dick. And maybe I'm wrong, but I thought like if you call nine one one and you hang up, don't they still send somebody out? I think like if you, as long as you're on for like a couple seconds or so, there's some like rule. So I guess like yeah, they would st- or they would call you back. At yes, the very exactly. Least. So then instead he puts on. And I'd be like, oh, wrong number. Right? Like, yeah, I think they do a little more checkup. He then puts on another home video called Pool Party '66. Oh, no. Um, but then he hears— Don't ruin pools. But then suddenly he hears somebody walking around in the house. And he's assuming that it's one of the kids. We see Ashley was wandering around earlier because she couldn't find the bathroom because it's her first night in a new house. You know, everyone's, like, really unsettled. And he's looking around for her to be like, Ashley, is it, do, you, do you need help or whatever? And then he sees something in a moving box moving around. Mm. And suddenly the top of the box open no. and Trevor, his son— unfolds himself backwards out of the box like a spider. Yes. Screaming. Yes. Which is in the trailer. In the trailer. And he grabs him, and Tracy wakes up, and they rush him outside, which I found a little bit weird, but, like, I guess what we find out is that Trevor— Fresh air? Yeah, fresh air, and Trevor has had night terrors, like, throughout his life. This isn't new. Okay. It's just that they're starting again. So they're calming him down, and I guess he likes to look at the stars, and, you know, he has no memory of this happening in the morning. But, of course, Tracy's like, oh, great. We have, like, the stress of the move, which is, like, triggering his night, you know, a new new school and everything. He's triggering all, like, his um, night terrors, and now we have to deal with this. You know, like, as if things weren't unsettled enough. But in the morning, they have breakfast, and, like, Trevor has no memory of it, so it's not like he's upset. 
and they all joke about how okay. one time he was uh, when he was sleepwalking. I'd be upset. Oh, agree. If I'm Tracy, who I'm identifying with in this film, yeah. If I, yeah, if I'm the parents, I'm so un- especially if I'm Ellison, I'm so unsettled by like the kid like pouring himself out of a moving box, screaming. Right. Yeah. You just even if it's like I know it's my child, you're like, well, what's going on with my child? Right. Something. So um, I guess when he was sleepwalking, Trevor once tried to pee in the dryer, which is like a fun, and we they all kind of laugh about him. And Tracy takes the kids to school, and she's going to be out all day, like doing errands and like getting like doing stuff related to the move. Uh, again, we don't know what her job is, or if she has one, or anything. But while she's out, Ellison goes back, and he, he finally watches the pool party '66. We see a family right. with three children. They're having a fun pool party. It's clearly 1966, and then cut to a night scene where the parents and two of the children are tied to beach chairs, like that are totally reclined, and then they are dragged one by one in the pool to drown. And we see their little feet waggling above the water, and they're unable to escape. No. no. And then Allison, no. at the bottom of the pool is a figure a dark, in a dark shroud with dark sort of, what I would describe as like the undertaker, again, not to date myself, like, mm-hmm. like dark, black around his eyes, white face, who turns sort of towards the camera. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly the kids are home from school. You know, Ellison has sort of lost the time. And then Tracy and Trevor are arguing. Apparently, when Trevor was at school, the kids immediately told him, oh, yes, four people got murdered in your house, and one of the kids disappeared. Yeah. He, they tell him the first thing they meet him, oh, you live in this house? Here's what happened there last year. Yeah, that's the murder house. That's yeah. all anyone would talk about. And That's all anyone would talk about. And apparently he got he he drew, like, four people hanging from the tree on the whiteboard by what it turns out to be permanent marker. And I guess... Like, Tracy's enraged at him, but I'm like, listen, this kid's, like, it's already tough for him. Like, maybe he was, like, trying to make a joke or being like, I don't care. Like, I think that's cool or whatever. He's 12, you know? Yeah. He's doing the best he can. Right. You should be mad at your husband. Yes. (laughs) And she is. And she's just, like, great, so it's beginning again. And she's used to this, like, pattern of, like, they move somewhere, he writes a book, you know? So she's, like, great, they're doing school. We're already the freak family. Everyone's going to look at us weird. Like, why would you move into the one house where four people got murdered? Which is a fair thing, I think, to, to yeah. ask. Um, yes, it is. You could just live in that town. Right, exactly. Again, you could live two doors down. The fact you choose to move right. into it, why? That's a problem. So that night, everyone goes to sleep. He puts on another video. It's called Sleepy Time 98. In this one, we just see a family tied to their beds, and each of their throats are slit one, one by one as their Jesus chihuahua Christ. silently barks at whoever is attacking them. And as Ellison is watching this over and over again, like, he is horrified. Like, he has some empathy, so he's just drinking. Yeah. So in order to drink, oh, deal with this, he's just pounding whiskey. Like, he's just drunk pretty much every uh, night yes. watching the, this. The, like, troubled male author drinking whiskey. Like, what a— And look. What a perfect— Have I— I would drink. Have I, in moments of distress, turned to drink? Yes, but I think this is a great example Absolutely. of why that's not the solution. That's not going to help anybody. Yeah, I think, yeah, this is— this is too traumatizing for, like, I need a drink. Right. Like, I need a drink when it's like, oh, my God, my Chase account got hacked yes. and I'm not going to have my money for five more days. Or, like, oh, God, like, I have to move. Or, like, yeah, exactly. my friend is mad at me. Or, Watching or, several families yeah. brutally murdered. Repeatedly. Is not like, oh, I could use a scotch, well, you know? Well, I remember, it makes me think of, like, if you've probably read about this, where, like, people who work for, like, Facebook or YouTube and their job is to, like, review oh, content. Yes. And as a result, they just see, like, yes. murder and 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 rape yeah. and child molestation. Yeah. And I guess, like, Facebook or whatever is like, well, we're all for therapy, but, like, it doesn't resolve the fact that that's your job. You know what I mean? Like, you're seeing these horrible right. you still images. are forced to watch it. Yeah. 
So again, why would you choose to do this again to write the book? Um, right. On the wall Fame. in this video of Sleepy Time 98, however, there's like a black spiky round symbol. And so mm-hmm. Ellison screen grabs yes. it and prints it out and adds it to his like a FBI profiler serial killer board. <laughs> and he's able to, you watch the video again and he sees like a, like a school um, backpack or something with the name of a school in St. Louis. So using those years, it's like 1998, okay. family murder, St. Louis. Right. He's able to find the triple homicide of the Miller family in St. Louis, in which one of the kids, Christopher, also went missing. So he's like, wait a minute. Okay. This is a kill. This is the same killer. It's the same MO. Yes. I am finding right. out this isn't just like this one family being murdered. Small small potatoes. This is a right, yeah. cross-country phenomenon. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, somebody's killing families across this great nation of ours, taking one of their children, and as far as we know, coming back to store footage of each murder in the attic of the house where Ellison's innocent family now sleeps. Right. And just then, Ellison hears a creak. Like, I wonder why that house is, I mean, maybe we'll get there, but like, if the house isn't part of it, because these are all in different places, why are they all in this? Is it just because this is like the most recent murder location and therefore they're all, the, or is there his, house history? Ellison... The house is part of it. You're both right and you're wrong. It, it, the house okay. is part of it, but it is also because it was the most recent murder. Recent. Okay, yes. got it. So, uh, yes and no. Just then, as soon as Allison is piecing this together, he hears a creak from the attic. And finally, Allison, I have to ask you, in this scenario, what would you do? What would you do? This is, again, when I round up my family, we get in the car, I bring, like, the whatever belongings I absolutely need, bring the tapes, drive them to the police station, leave them there, and then just keep driving yes. until I get anywhere else. I completely agree. And I think, like, if nothing else, you have to show this to the cops. Like, even if it's, like— You have to. It should be criminal not to. I, I think I it is. I wonder if it is. I think it might be, like, to have, like, I found video of, of of multiple murders and not tell them. But again, if you're a true crime writer, what a, what a find. I mean, as an author, this would be, like, wow, the actual evidence that the cops didn't even know about would right. be very tempting to keep and to be like, I'm going to be— this is going to be my in cold blood, which he tells Tracy at some point, like— this is going to blow every book out of the water. But, like, does he think he can solve this? Yes. He's like, I'm going to solve this. I'm going to figure out who's doing okay. this. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, as we will soon find out, things are out of, out of our hands, paranormally speaking, pretty soon. Yes. The Crooked Store's latest collection has a clear message for anyone trying to take away abortion rights. Don't. The No Trespassing collection features four different designs, each inspired by a different state where abortion is under attack. There's Stay Out of My Swamp for Florida, Stay Out of My Hole for Arizona, Stay Out of My Prickly Pear for Texas, and Stay Out of My Strip for Nevada. But obviously, I'll be wearing these no matter where I am. A portion of proceeds from the collection will go to Vote Save America's F-Bands, the Fight Back Fund, which currently is supporting abortion rights organizations across Arizona, Nevada, and Florida. Head to cricket.com slash store to shop. It's 2024. We're facing another presidential election with huge stakes. You want to help. You don't know where your money will actually make a difference or how to figure that out. Ensure you love to take an edible and not think about it, but you can't because you do care. Let Vote Save America make it easy for you with their new anxiety relief program. Here's how it works. 
You set up a monthly recurring donation at the level that feels right for you, and Vote Save America will send 100% of it to the grassroots organizations and down-ballot races that need it most. Then, at the end of the month, they'll tell you where your dollars went. That's it. Set it and forget it. Vote Save America has already raised $52,000 in monthly recurring donations. Love it. That's great. From over 1,000 amazing, sustaining donors who've signed up and trusted Vote Save America to make their dollar go further. But we still have a long way to go, and Vote Save America needs your help to get there. Sign up at votesaveamerica.com and enjoy your edible. <laughs> Legal disclaimer, paid for by Vote Save America, votesaveamerica.com, not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. So Ellison walks in the house and it turns out the power is out. So we can't even turn on a lamp. It's pitch dark. And he makes his way up to the attic. Again, would it, wouldn't be me, couldn't be me, would put my kids in the car driving away already. I'm never investigating a sound. Never. Just never going to do that. And, you know, look, I've never, this is what a home ownership is. You, you're always hearing little sounds you got to mm-hmm. go check out. I'm sympathetic, you know. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm calling my uh, super landlord. Yep, me too. In the attic, he sees, like, it's like the top of a moving box sort of moving around. And he flips it over and there's a mm-hmm. snake underneath. No, And it's a why? huge king snake, <sighs> which kind of like slithers away. I hate snakes. Underneath the box, underneath the, t- the top of the box, there are doodles illustrating each of the family murders and a figure, <gasps> ostensibly the figure we saw in the pool, in Pool Party 66, okay. and he is identified on the box top as Mr. Boogie. Mr. Boogie. Startled by a noise, Ellison walks towards the, the darkness only to fall through the floor of the attic and go crashing okay. into the first floor hallway, which I remember from my parents' house growing up was also a concern. They're like, if you, because it's only insulation, like on, between it, right. it's not it's a full just floor. Like structural beams, yes. but then like just kind of like enough to be ceiling, not enough to support weight. Exactly. Cut to a very sheepish Ellison getting his leg bandaged by the police officer we saw earlier who had the copy of Kentucky Blood, who Ellison refers to okay. as Deputy So-and-so. So that's what we're going to call him. Okay. And an EMT. And they're trying to like bandage his leg. And Tracy's like, God, we've been here two days. Like, what are you doing? It's the middle of the night. We already you know? have to fix something. <laughs> and of course, he doesn't tell her, oh, I heard a sound in the attic. He's not telling her anything because he does not want to ruin this I opportunity. Mean, this marriage. Believe, and let me tell you, Tracy's already on her last straw. And this is going to be one more in the camel's bag. Is gonna be, it's going to be a mess. <laughs> and Deputy Sosa says, you know, now you heard a sound. I, did you mention an intruder? And Allison's like, oh, I didn't say there was one. I, I said I thought I heard one. But I did say a snake. And the deputy says, hmm, but the s- snakes don't have feet. And uh, I think we're supposed to think Deputy Sosa is kind of like a goofball. And he says, you know, okay. you, like when the power went out, it went out in the whole neighborhood. It probably riled up a bunch of squirrels. They were probably running around in your attic, like freaking out. And that explains why she, he couldn't turn on the power. It also explains, you know, why he heard some rustling in the attic. Sound, yeah. And Ellison's like, right. well, I did hear kill a scorpion up there. Or maybe I just need an exterminator. And the deputy's like, there's just one more thing. I forgot my copy of Kentucky Blood. So is there any way you could give me a copy and sign it? And Elsa says, sure, come into the office. But then without realizing, oh, I'm inviting uh, the deputy into my serial killer board office, you know. Yeah. And so as soon as the deputy— well, should have thought about that before you uh, hid evidence of murders yeah, in your home. It turns out if you're wasted at 4 a.m. after falling through the ceiling, you're not thinking properly. I could have told you that. Yeah, I guess not. So he has the deputy in. The deputy's like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. Like, look at all this stuff. You have this whole setup, you know. And Allison's trying to, like, scoot him out. And the deputy says, you know, like in your book, you know, you have that page acknowledging people. And De- Elson says, 
the acknowledgments. And the deputy says, <laughs> you know, I'd like to be that deputy. You know, like in every book, you're like, I just want to thank the police department or whatever. I want to be the police department person that helps you. And he says, okay, actually, this I'm on board with this. So he says, I need okay. you to get the address in St. Louis where the family was murdered. And also the address of the 79, the car burning, the barbecue. Because mm-hmm. he knows that they happened. He has no idea exactly what where? the details yeah. are. And the officer says, do you think they're connected? And Ellison plays dumb because he wants to have the scoop. He's like, oh, no, no, I'm just doing some research. You know, I'm just trying to find out some more stuff. As they go to bed, Tracy apologized for flipping out earlier over Trevor and the kiss and makeup, which again, like, but I get it. Tracy, you're trying to hold it together. You know, you're trying to make everything work. You know, you got to be, yeah, I mean, roll with the punches. It's all on her shoulders. Yeah. She's the glue of this family at this point. Again, Ellison still will not go to bed. He is up drinking. It is like probably almost dawn at this point. And he's watching yeah. an interview of himself that's at least 10 years old about like, I'm driven oh for, by injustice. Like, I'm not driven by fame. And he says, I'd rather cut my hand off than write a book for fame or money. Well, we'll see what okay. happens to your hands during the film. Um, he's watching the, at one point he watches the family hanging out video again. And this time he sees Mr. Boogie, the, the, the entity, in the bushes staring out at the camera, which is definitely not there before. Yes, that scene is in the trailer okay. and was when I was like, I'm going to just look off to the side of my laptop because I don't want to look yes. directly at this. It's too scary. We see him again in the mirror of another video. He's already watched these. These are new images. So this is new. Yes. Okay. But I think where I think Ellison is like exhausted and drunk and like really wants to scoop. So and he's seeing. like, I guess I just miss them the first time. We as the audience know they are new because we are not driven uh, by fame to the degree that he is. Yes. Nor uh, wasted. So Ellison gets a call from Deputy So-and-so, you know, later, a couple days later, and he says he found a family that the family was burned in the car. It was the Martinez family in Sacramento. Their youngest son, Billy, was also taken and never found. He, Ellison realizes that the Stevenson family, who was the family that was murdered in his current house, used to live in St. Louis at the exact address where the Miller family murders happened. So at, the Miller families were murdered in the past. The Stevenses were living in St. Louis at their home after their deaths. After the murder. After their murders in the same house. And then they moved to this to. new house. And in that new house, the Stevensons were then murdered in seemingly the exact okay. same way, the same patterns. Yes. Unfortunately, Ellison is so distracted by this reveal, he does not see the image of Mr. Boogie on the screen is turns towards him to look at him, which is a signal <gasps> no, to no, us. No, no, no. That this oh, is no. not simply, this is paranormal. Um, oh, no. He then watches a video of himself because he was recording when he was walking around the attic, and he was recording himself falling through the floor inadvertently. And we see okay. these ghostly children's hands on his shoulder. <gasps> After this, pretty much every night, Ellison is woken up when he finally falls asleep. You know, at dawn, he's woken up asleep by the sound of the projector running, and he keeps assuming it's Ashley or Trevor, Trevor, or like one of the kids is getting in the office. But every right. time it goes in, they're run, playing the family hanging out, so the murders that happened in the house. Again, okay. he's not telling Tracy shit. He doesn't tell the deputy this. Like something is happening. This is a mess. Something exactly. Oh, and he is he's devolving into a mess. You know. 
And at one point, he's holding the printed out image of Mr. Boogie in the bushes to like the glass sliding door. And he looks, and then the actual Mr. Boogie is in the fucking bushes. And he kind of blanches and he rubs his eyes. And when he looks back, there's nobody there. Of course, we know he's there. You don't just see a crazy ghoul guy like that and be like, oh, I'm just seeing things. No, it's like, that's a ghoul. He's around. Ellison then grabs a baseball bat and he goes outside with the back door standing open like he's going to beat up a ghoul or whatever. Right. And there's nobody there, but he instead he finds a sleepwalking Trevor in the yard, in the bushes, shivering, <gasps> eyes open, no. totally asleep. And they grab him and they they put take him Poor inside. Trevor. And, and Trey's like, we have to call the doctor in the morning. You know, like, we can't do this. We need to put a lock on his door so he doesn't get out. He, it's at the middle of the night. He's just wandering around. Right. When Ellison goes back outside, he dropped his flashlight to grab it. Um, he's confronted by a snarling Rottweiler, which sort of distracts him. And when he's distracted, we see behind him the silhouette of five children. And Allison, who are those five no, children? Oh. I mean, clearly the abducted children of these murders. Exactly. By the time he turns around, they are gone. Which to us, we indicates these children are no longer existing in the, they exist in the spiritual realm. They are not yes. corporeally Yes, so I do have there. a lot of questions about, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that that's where we're going, which is like, why, are, why was one child always missing? Yes. Well, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to tell you what the movie says. And that is all I can okay. do. In, in every, okay, um, that's the best. Thank you. That's all we ask. So, uh, Elson comes back inside, shaking about the dog. And Tracy's like, we should just pack up and leave. Drop the book. Like, you were falling apart. You were drunk. The kids, are, like, Trevor's having night terrors, which was not happening in the old house. Like, this is a mess, you know? And Elsa's yes, like, oh, this is a mess. I'm, I'm going to give up my in cold blood because Trevor had some nice night terrors. And it's like, you are, yes, yes you You're are his, his father. father. You have to do what is best for him. He's he, like, they're children. They can't deal with this on their own. You know what I mean? Also, right. they've been there a week. Okay, so it's not like, oh, we've been here a year and I'm falling apart. They've been there a week and he is a wreck, which is true. And Tracy says, like, something's different yeah, this something's time. Different. You want to know what it is, huh? Do you remember how it was when I was writing Kentucky? Do you remember that? Remember uh, well, this that. is much bigger than that. Much. A uh, movie deal, uh, talk show circuit, right? The National Book Award, and more money than we could, you know, we could live wherever I don't we care wanted about to. Any yes, of you that. do. Everybody no, does a little bit. This is my shot, Tracy. And Tracy's like, I like even when you came inside, you looked terrified. He's like, I saw a huge dog. That's all. And he manages to convince her, like, I'm gonna get this done. It's just gonna be a couple months, and then we will leave. I promise you. In the morning, okay. the deputy stops by. And the Debbie's like, okay, I've been doing the research, and based on the dates and like the addresses, I do think these are connected. So if that's if you want to help my help with this, you gotta let me know what's going on, you know. And so yeah. he tells him everything, all the murders, you know, like how you know it seems to be ritualized. It goes back to the sixties. And the deputy's like, okay, but then the guy would have to be like in the sixties or seventies. I don't know. Of course, we know now, like the Golden State Killer, the BTK. You know, I mean, like you could have a serial yes. killer who's killing into his sixties or seventies. You know, yeah, um, absolutely. Or at least start killing very young and then not get caught yes. until their sixties or seventies. So decades of murders, right? Um, so it's not yes. that you know outrageous. And Elsa says, in some cases, the toxicology report says the killer drugged the families, but they couldn't identify with what. So in his mind, it's like he drugged oh, them no. so then he can impose them or tie them up and put them where he wanted them. And in each case, the killer took right. a child with him. We already knew that. And they drew that symbol on the wall. And the deputy says, right. okay, so this sounds like an occult murder. 
you should call Professor Jonas, played by Vincent D'Onofrio, over at the Anything. university. Of course, I'm sure they have a great occult um, library over there. And yes, as all universities do. Exactly. And Professor Jonas, he's an occult crime expert that the state police have consulted with before on, quote, the weirder stuff. And Ellison says, I think this qualifies. That night, Ellison puts out a new video we have not seen yet called Lawn Work 86. And yes, it oh, is no. a family being filmed through a window and they're having fun. And then they are all tied down on the lawn and run over by a push lawnmower. Oh, God. So That's so violent. Horrible. And so also it's That's, raining, which as oh, I'm like, God. you're not even supposed to mow in the rain, let alone no. run people over with the mower in the rain. This movie has so much happening in a, from the yes. horror perspective of like, there's like ghoul stuff going on, but then like, even if it was just a human committing these murders, exactly. these are such brutally violent, horrible, horrifying murders that like, it's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot going on and there's going to be even more, I'm going to be honest. So How? Well, okay. so Ellison finally connects with Professor Jonas, who's a huge fan and like knows about Ellison, but also he knows the cases he's been tracking because he was consulted about right. them when they happened because they, of the symbol. So he's like, yeah, I already knew about all these. I, I, his thing is he believes it's not one person. It's like a cult initiation. Okay. And uh, Professor Jonas says that the symbol is associated with the worship of an obscure Babylonian deity named Bagul, the eater of children. Um, and based on my Googling, that is not a real Babylonian god, but apparently it's very okay. similar to Moloch, which is like sort of like a, a big, you know, popular, uh, you know, pagan god. It's mentioned in the Hebrew Bible, mm-hmm. Leviticus a bunch of times. The Bible has a bunch of mentions of it. And it's sort of like this big Canaanite god that as part of it, at least historically, it seems like people did commit child sacrifices to this god. And that was kind of the one of the things that was falling out of favor, you know, sort of when the more modern religions were coming up. Sort of like, we're not going to do any more of that stuff, you know. Yeah. Moloch has often been betrayed as a bullheaded idol with outstretched hands over a fire. Okay. Yeah, so apparently there, there, was, there was child sacrifices that it all has to do with needing to take a child at, to live off of a child and sort of feed off of it. And okay. Professor Jonas says that um, Bagul, the fictional deity, needs souls of children to survive, so he tricks them out of the physical world and into the spiritual world, where essentially they become his servants and his worshipers. Right. So that's why he's saying, I can't, I don't think it could be one person, but rather I think it's people who are worshiping Bagul. Yeah. And in order to be inducted into this, you have to then murder a family and take a child. Which I guess, like, yeah, if you don't believe in the paranormal, that makes the most sense. That it's like all these different people in different areas rather than it's just one guy. One guy traveling around. Yeah. I would, that, you know, we know the ghoul is there, but if it weren't for that, I'd be like, this seems like a very reasonable explanation. Right. So that night, Ellison gets up again and to find the projector playing with the family hanging out, you know. And we see him stalking through the house with a baseball bat. And we see these ghoulish, like, um, gray-faced, decaying, of, like, a little girl and a little boy. And then another little girl until all five of the children are in the house, which we see, but he does not. They are clearly spirits. Okay. I guess they're able to turn on the projector, but... He's not aware of them and can't feel them as they sort of rush past him. Though he might okay. feel their presence. But he can't, see, he's not seeing them. No. He checks on Ashley, okay. who is in her bed, and he shuts off the light. But he does not notice that she is awake. She's staring into the corner, shaking in terror. And next to her bed, she has painted the hanged family and a sort of portrait of Bagul. And next to the painting is one no. of the ghost no. girls 
who puts her finger to her lips to shush Ashley. So Ashley is can perceive the ghosts. And again, because okay. his family doesn't honest about feelings, they don't talk about anything. She's not right. going to tell her dad about this. He's just going to oh, brush it off. I mean, if he didn't tell anybody they live in a murder house, like she's not going to tell them that she saw a ghost child. Exactly. Um, Elsa ends up falling asleep on the couch, gripping the baseball bat, still not grasping that something larger is going on than just like there are people killing people somewhere in the world. Um, right. And so the next day he invites the deputy over and he says like, um, I'm going to try to be as honest with you as I can. And the deputy could pick up on like, Elson's kind of falling apart. And he yeah. says, was there anything weird about the Stevensons? Did they report anything weird about the house? And, you know, the deputy's like, no. The deputy realizes Elson has not told his wife about living in the murder house. And Elson has to admit, okay. yeah, I didn't, I didn't tell her. And the deputy asks Elson, so have you heard or seen something weird in the house? Is that what you're trying to tell me? And Elson says, okay, I don't believe in the paranormal. And the deputy says, yeah, of course you don't. You wouldn't have moved into a crime scene if you believed in the paranormal. Right. No no, yeah. no thinking right. person who believes in any of that would have done what you've done. Would have done this, yes. Yeah. And so he says, like, hey, I don't know you. Obviously, I'm a big fan of yours, but, like, it seems to me that you have been drinking a lot. You have not been sleeping. You are really deep into your research. A lot of horrifying stuff that would disturb anyone. Maybe take a break go for a drive, like get out of the house because I, 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 do, I just think maybe this is more, you're psychologically, you're having an issue, you know? And Nelson yeah. says, okay, so you don't believe any of that mobo jumbo stuff? And the deputy tells him, oh no, I believe all of it. I never would have moved my family in here. Four people were murdered Ooh. in here. I believe in that spiritual stuff. It, I would be a fool to have done what you did. And that's really the first time Elson's like, Maybe I did goof oh, by moving my children this, into this murder it's house. It's all coming together to be a mistake that I've made. Yeah. But the deputy basically is like, whether or not it's real, if you're staying in this house, it's going to continue to have this effect on you. Like, it seems like you're just sort of in a downward spiral, which is accurate. Yeah. Next thing you know, tra- next day, Tracy is calling Allison to look what Ashley has painted on the hallway wall, which she's not allowed to do. She has to keep it to her room. Ashley has painted Stephanie Stevenson the daughter who was taken from the family murdered in the house. And Ashley informs her mother, you know, this is Stephanie. She used to live in the house. I talk to her all the time. And this is who um, our dad is writing about. And that's the moment that Tracy realizes, oh, we're living in the crime house. Oh, God. Could she have Googled a little earlier? Sure, I think. But you know what I mean? Again, she's she's doing her best. She's doing the best she can. So they go into the room, and they have like a fucking like knockdown, scream out fight. And she's like, yeah. How dare you? And Elsa's like, Valid. And Elsa's like, don't blame me for not telling you you didn't want to know. And she's like, I, I, well, of course I wanted to know. Like, is there anything you won't do for this fucking book? Like, screaming at each other. And he's like, writing is what gives my life meaning. I can't just have, like, a regular job where I write college textbooks. And it's like, all right, dude. Well, we'll see right. how that pans out for you, okay? Tortured artist. And Tra- you tell, he's like, Tracy, this is my books are my legacy. And Tracy tells him, your children are your legacy. And this book is not for them. This is, or for me, this is for yeah. you. Like, you are choosing to do this. I'm, like, just get a day job and write on the weekends, but, like, you know what I mean? That's, right. that's the freelancer's approach right. to things. Yes. Not move your family into a fucking uh, crime house. So uh, he, again, falls asleep watching his old interviews of his, of his uh, you know, more successful days, and Tracy sort of collects him and puts him to bed in the middle of the night, Allison. They're both asleep, and we see a flashlight appear in their room. And we no. see that someone is standing over them, watching them, and shining a light on them. Oh, and as God. soon as the light clicks off, Elson wakes up with a start, and he hears the projector turning on again. 
But when oh he God. goes to his office, the projector is gone. And he realizes the projector is up in the attic. And he, he no. can hear that it's playing family hanging out. And he starts to climb the attic steps, and we see the projectors running. So my question to you, Allison, is now at this point in the movie, who will survive? Who will survive? I mean, I think this whole family is going to get murdered, and I think that the uh, deputy so-and-so will be the only person living to tell the tale. I mean, Elson's definitely not setting his family up for success. We definitely know that. Right, right. I hope, I hope for a better outcome for everybody in this family, but I fear for that outcome. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The Crooked Store's latest collection has a clear message for anyone trying to take away abortion rights. Don't. The No Trespassing collection features four different designs, each inspired by a different state where abortion is under attack. There's Stay Out of My Swamp for Florida, Stay Out of My Hole for Arizona, Stay Out of My Prickly Pear for Texas, and Stay Out of My Strip for Nevada. But obviously, I'll be wearing these no matter where I am. A portion of proceeds from the collection will go to Vote Save America's F-Bands, the Fight Back Fund, which currently is supporting abortion rights organizations across Arizona, Nevada, and Florida. Head to cricket.com slash store to shop. So Ellison climbs up and he finds in the attic all of the ghoul children gathered around watching the home videos. Yep. And they all turn mm-hmm. to look at him. And mm-hmm. a ghoul appears on screen and then suddenly he is just materialized in front of Ellison. His face is right in front of his. And Ellison Mr. Boogie. Fall, yes, Mr. Boogie. He topples down the attic stairs, and the projector and the box of home videos are thrown down after him. And in his first moment of, of intelligence in the film, Ellison grabs the box of tapes, and he runs out to the grill, and he sets the box of home videos on fire. And Tracy yes. runs out, and he's, she's like, what the fuck are you doing? It's the middle of the night. And Ellison says, you were right. We have to leave right now. We never should come here. Get the kids. Get in the car. We are getting the fuck out of here. We'll call the movers to get our stuff. So they grab Ashley. It took him all of that to get to this very logical, correct plan. Absolutely. He needed to have it right in front of him. He needed to be at movie night with all the ghost children and the ghoul had to get there. Exactly. So they throw Ashley and Trevor... Out of, you know, pick them out of bed, throw them in the car, and they're speeding out of town. And it, they eventually, they're yeah. speeding so fast, they get pulled over by the sheriff. And the sheriff's like, what the fuck are you doing? Is he writing him a ticket for speeding? And Elson says, I'm taking your advice. I am giving up the book. I'm not writing it. I am getting out of town. And now the sheriff kind of feels bad. He's like, well, what happened? Like, I don't want to read later that you were bullied out of town by angry townsfolk. And Elson's like, you're never going to read about it. I'm not going to write about this. Which is the first Tracy's hearing about it. So Tracy's overjoyed, like, oh, great, we can go have a normal life. Right. And the sheriff says, well, in that case, let me tear up this ticket. I don't need your autograph. Just keep it under 60 until you cross the county line. And so they're driving. Tracy's really good. They're, like, tearfully, like, oh, we're finally, you know, we're getting we're out, out of here. This. We then see them moving into their insane previous home. Like, gorgeous, like, stately. I don't even know where you would see this. Like, Virginia or something, like. Columns mm-hmm. in front, uh, like two stories. Oh, sure. You know, like 
winding um, staircase stunning. I understand also, yeah, you got to move out of there. You got to downsize. You've only got two kids. Right. So as they're moving back in, the deputy tries to call Ellison, but he's busy moving and he rejects the call. You never reject the call. If it's from someone you know, just pick up. But he rejects the call. Right. That night... As he sets up his old office, Ellison sees that the prof- Professor Jonas has sent him all of these historical images of the cult of Bagul from, like, the Middle mm-hmm. Ages. And sure. Professor, they end up zooming, and Professor Jonas is like, most of these images were destroyed because early Christians thought images were gateways into Bagul's realm that would unleash him okay. into our reality. So by looking, viewing at, playing images of him, we are, that would allow him to possess or abduct them, yes. especially children. And Ellison says, What if you destroyed them? Sorry, I, I don't follow. If you destroyed the images with a fire, what, what, what would happen then? What kind of book are you writing exactly? From my perspective, this is when you tell the professor everything. But instead, Ellison yeah. says, uh, I got to go. It's like he, the, the professor's the one and the deputy are probably the two people who are at least open to hearing, like, well, I think Big Ghoul's real and I think yeah, I saw him and I saw a bunch of kids. You know right. what I mean? Like, you, right. He's offering Don't you this. Don't hold this in. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, instead, they end the call. Ellison deletes all the images and videos off his computer to get rid of them. Foolishly, he rejects another call from the deputy. And when he goes up to the attic to put away some boxes, what does Ellison find in the attic except the box of home videos right there <gasps> on the floor like they were in the old house, which he burned. He finds a projector. No. All the videos are perfectly unscathed. They have not been burned. He no. dumps out the box, and he finds an envelope with um, tape that says extended cut endings. And finally, the deputy calls again, <gasps> and Ellison finally answers. And the deputy tells yeah. him, each family that was killed, all of them had previously lived in the house where the previous murder had taken place. So it's basically like a, a murder daisy chain. So it's— okay passing on to the next person who lives in the house. The deputy still thinks, oh, this is a person. So he's like, you lived in the Stevenson house and you just left. Right. So if that guy is still out there and killing people, you moved up the timeline, he's going to come kill your family. Right. By those rules, if he had stayed, they'd be safer. I don't know. I really don't. I don't know. I don't know. Either way, feel safe. But yes, you're right. If they... Yes. Either way... Well, without all the ghoul knowledge that... That yes. Ellison has, the, the deputy does. Yeah. Yes, the deputy doesn't know that. And, but instead of saying, like, dear God, please call 911. I'm going to get my family out of the house or try to do something. Right. Ellison just says, thank you, and he hangs up. And I'm like, again, the deputy was offering you information. You could at least be like, okay, I'm going to pretend I think it's a real person. I'm going to get them the fuck out of the right. house so that somebody can't come and, you know, begool them. He then takes the extended cut endings and he threads them in the projector. And we see at the end of every tape, Allison, that the person committing the murders of the families are the children themselves. The (gasps) missing child is essentially being possessed by Mr. Boogie and is the one being forced to kill, slit their family's throats with a smile on their face. And each of them put a finger to their lips to say, shh before blinking out of the film and ostensibly into, I guess, like, the supernatural realm. What? Ellison, because he's trying to, like, sober us. Yeah. He takes a sip of his coffee, and he sees underneath the coffee is his daughter has left him a note that says, Good night, Daddy. And he passes out, foaming at the mouth. We realize, of course, that he has been drugged. But right before he becomes unconscious, he sees Ashley standing in the doorway, and she says, like, in a flat, Mm -mm. you know, scary horror movie voice, I like that you made the movies longer. They're better this way. When Ellison wakes up, 
he, Tracy, and Trevor are bound on the floor, and Ashley is dragging in an axe and tells him, don't worry, Daddy, I'll make you famous again. And we see her put the camera on the floor and hoist the axe up. And the next image we see is her sort of dragging the bloody axe in the hallways, which are sprayed with blood. And slowly into the hallway comes all five of the other ghoulish children from the previous murders. And we pull back and we realize that we're watching a new home video that she is recording that is being projected. And she's doodling on the top of the box and she's adding another illustration and in that illustration, she, we, we realized that she had not only murdered her family, dismembered them. So she okay, has murdered great. her family. Suddenly— Is there a cheeky title for this? Uh, are we going to get there? Oh, absolutely. Wanna, okay, great. So great. she's watching the video, and suddenly Bagul is behind her, and he kind of scoops her up, and then he transports her inside the, the video that we're watching. Mm-hmm. And then the last image is of a new home video in the box being neatly tucked away, essentially for the next— residents to come move in and it's called house painting 12 <gasps> and then suddenly Bagul's head pops into the frame and that's the end allison wow yeah sinister jesus sinister, christ one might call that sinister sinister so let's discuss uh, oh no go ahead i would say do you, do you feel like there's gonna be any fatal mistakes made in this film i mean you think of even one fatal mistakes I mean, moving to the murder house and not telling your family about it is pretty much, you know, he sealed his fate. Absolutely. By doing that. Bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Absolute terrible decision. The worst decision. Everything else that followed from that, which, you know, concealing evidence and not telling anyone anything about what's going on. Not that I think there was a lot he could have done. Right. Once this is all in play. But, whoo boy, bad stuff. I'll be honest, I, I'm, it bothered me less this time, but the first time I saw it, I really felt sort of bothered or maybe just, like, upset that there was nothing that he could have done once they moved in. Because that's what I took away from that. It's like anyone who yes. would have moved into that house would have been affected. And there's something, even if he had found out in time, mm-hmm. once they moved in, it doesn't matter. Right. And I have a hard time with those movies. I need to have, like, well, then there has to be a spell or they have to, you know, there has to be some way to defeat it or yeah, else it's like, yeah, of be- course you can't kill an undead child's abducting demon from the beyond. Of course, you know what I mean? Right. Like, you got to give the humans a fighting chance or else, I don't know, it's less There's fun. no stakes, yeah. Yeah. And then there's one segment I wanted to play. It was, what would your demonic entity be? So I wanted to know, what do you think your demon name would be? And what would your evil power be? And it doesn't have to be murder or anything to do with uh, eating children or anything. Maybe just like a backwards, my name backwards. That okay. feels. Is there a website that would do that? Oh, okay. You already know it. Nasilla? Yes. Nasilla. Oh, that's so scary. Love it. And then um, I, oof, God, I mean, there's so many evil things I would, uh, that Nasilla would be up to. I feel like she would really, um, she would like to forward emails to people that they shouldn't read. <laughs> Great, love it. I mean, that's just like a, like a chaos demon. Spread, spreading shit talk. I, I love it. Would be like, to me, that's like, I mean, people will absolutely get hurt, but uh, there's no violence. Right, so. they'll be hurt emotionally. They'll be hurt, scarred forever, probably, yeah. And I do like that moment of terror where you look at your outgoing messages. You're like, did I send that? And you're just like, I've I've had it happen a couple of times and very low. I have some friends who have had some like my worst experiences, but like I've had some very low stakes ones where like 
I remember, and then it happened like the other way. Like I was like trying to text my friend about the fact that I had like gotten a hotel room to like sleep with this guy because I was otherwise like staying at my other friend's apartment with him. And I was like, oh, I don't want you to know kind of what's going on here. Um, And then I just texted it right to my friend being, and I was just like, I'm so glad I got the hotel room so I could get fucked or like something like really. And I just like texted it to another guy and I was like, which was just very funny. Um, And then he accidentally did it back to me like a year later where he was trying to text a woman that he was seeing and he just wrote to me, you're going to look so hot in your gift. And I was like, what's happening? And he was like, oh my God, that's for like a girl I'm dating. That's so funny. I love it. I love it. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, I, I would, like, spread that, cha- chaotically uh, get that stuff out there. Great. Um, I think mine would be, um, this is something that um, somebody, something that somebody said, like, 10 years ago in an improv exercise, but has stayed with me as the funniest oh character name. And um, this is oh a, a person who came up with this, name was Katie. So, Katie, this shout out to you. I think about this once <laughs> a month, at least. So, she tried to come up with a character name, and the character was... Princess Underground Dirt Mouth. So that would be my demon <laughs> name. And my power, and I think this is because I was we were watching um so I or um I think you should leave. My power would be making other people fart. Like it I could control <laughs> oh, wow. and not just like a little bit, I mean just like a undeniable like, huge fart, like loud yeah. comedic fart, stinky yes. fart that no one you can't pretend oh who you know what I mean? It was you, you know, because I feel yeah. like then it would again seeding that kind of chaos. Is more yeah, fun chaos. than murdering families. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want anybody to die, but I do want everything to go crazy for a little while. That would be great. That's great. And then finally, Allison, where do you think Sinister falls on the spooky scale? A spooky scale. I mean, I think this for me is like a seven and a half mm-hmm. or an eight. Oh, okay. Uh, That's pretty high. It's pretty high. I think maybe seven and a half, which it gets knocked down a few just because like male hubris is like not, I mean, it's scary in very other, very real ways, but it more just like makes me angry and not Mm -hmm. scared. But the ghoul is a huge problem for me. And those murders are super violent. (laughs) Yes, I agree. The the murders themselves are terrifying. I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a five because I I like the hubris of the author. I, you know, I've never been there myself, but I could see it. All of the family members are, like you said, absolutely terrifying. I feel like what I don't find scary is the, and I've talked about this before, the little kid stuff. I just feel like, mm-hmm. eh, like yeah, I just feel bad for them. You know, like, oh, well, it's not their yeah. fault. A demon took yeah. them to their realm or whatever. Um, so for me, it definitely, you know, again, that, that that's your mileage may vary when it comes to a, a spooky ghoul-controlled yes. child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed the spoiling of Sinister. Um, please yeah. let us know if you have any other suggestions. I do believe the Sinister has a sequel, so we'll have to check that one out. Oh, um, okay. Which I have not seen. But as always, you can send us suggestions or uh, comments or additional uh, supplementary information about demonic entities to our email oh, yeah. at ruined at the radio point. Uh, dot com. And... Uh, if uh, if you are a professor of the occult or symbology or anything in that world, we would love to just hear some stuff that you think about some of these movies. So if we have any occult professors out there listening, I hope we do. I feel like if you're going to listen, if you if that's your profession, we're your wheelhouse. Right. We also like to know how you got that job. Yeah. Please. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah. And while you prepare that information to send us, um, in the meantime, please. Keep it spooky. Keep it spooky. 
Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa.